so should we mention that Evan was Evan didn't want to join purposely because he didn't believe in like the Emancipation Proclamation. <laughs> yeah, or, or something. Or he was upset about the slap so much that he didn't even want to fucking yeah, deal dude. with it. And talk Evan's about a it. huge Chris Rock fan. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's let's fucking start this. Okay, composure. Welcome to the Vulgar Tours, where we explored the filmographies of genre filmmakers. This week, we are checking in on an old filmmaker we covered a couple years ago, uh, Antoine Fuqua, and his new film starring Will Smith, Emancipation. I'm Paco. I'm Terry. I'm Jason. So, I mean... Avatar this... 2 was great, right? <laughs> uh, we had different experiences with that movie. I'm just saying, no whales in Emancipation, bunch of whales in Avatar 2. Okay, but there is there is an alligator, though. Yeah, that gator's alright. It's not super impressive. No, it looked pretty bad, all things considered. But, like, he did kill it, which is, like, kind of hilarious, in a way. Like, there's some weird <laughs> B-movie elements in that film that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. I have to say... It feels so rote and, like, boring Oscar bait. It feels yes. really out of Fuqua's yeah. zone. Like, the only part where he shines is when Smith fucks up those two guys with the shovel. Like, that shovel is scene, him yeah. shooting, like, you know, a fucking equalizer shot. And it's so good. And then everything else is fucking boring, and it's like a bad Spielberg you know it's not it's not boring but like it it kind of reminds me of uh John Woo's Wind Talkers where it's like you've got a director whose strength kind of lies in in like a more schlocky kind of style and mm-hmm. you give them this really sober kind of Oscar baity film and and I do think that like Fuqua like really uh, like like he brings that like his own style to it, and I kind of dig that it's like m- like kind of black and white, or it's so washed out, it's hard to tell. And and like yeah, like maybe this is snobby of me, but I am a sucker for like whenever there's a shot of like in the distance and there's like the birds flying, like it it, it feels like some kind of like art school holdover shit, but it's still fun because Fuqua is rarely so uh, kind of pensive in his films. There isn't like a lot of points where you kind of like catch your breath and so i appreciate that this is a like really sober kind of uh like thoughtful film in a way that like many of his other films are not i guess i appreciate that i just wish there was more to it like i want like it's not bad but the problem is it just falls in that dead zone in the middle like it's it, for anyone who's seen like slave dramas before, which I've read or seen so many, there's nothing that I had not seen before. Like uh, Harriet a couple years ago basically had a similar problem and it was about fucking Harriet Tubman. Um, it's just, I think if you're going to tell the story, you should try to find a new element to it. And I feel really awkward saying that because it's not my story to tell, you know, I'm a fucking, my ancestors didn't come over to America until after slavery was over and shit. 
And I totally understand wanting to tell stories about such an awful period in time. But I just... I wanted something more, you know? I oh, wanted, so it's about what you want. Yeah, that's true. But I'm saying, like, I want the movie to showcase it. Like, it's yeah. not as brutal as, like, 12 Years a Slave. It's not as satisfying as, like, a uh, revisionist thing like Django Unchained. Uh, it's just in this middle ground where it's the story of a fictional character... Who's just like running through the woods? No, he's, and, he's not. He's not fictional. He's not fictional. He, he, maybe no, that story is fictional, but he's based on a real person. Okay. Yeah, that's hence. So uh, there's that great scene, and and I think before we start recording, Paco, I think you had said that you would have preferred to see the whole movie from the white photographer's perspective at the end, who is like, you know, we really want to show what's like, <laughs> God damn you. We want to show the world. I uh, mean, I know it was like an off mic combo, but, um, that's not kidding, what but, I uh, said. Fuck <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think, um, it's, but it's like it's it's coming from a place but one of the producers who's also on. a white man oh, but yeah. from what i understand it's only based on that picture like the picture of gordon with the brutalized back no so, so I'm that's the, the story yeah. is fictional but it's a real person yeah is it i feel like it's exploiting a real person to tell a story that like i don't know it's frustrating that they fictionalized the tribulations of a real life person who well, and suffered I don't, through shit. I don't know that it's fictionalized because I didn't do enough research to say that for sure. I mean, from looking at what I'm seeing now, there's just not enough about Gordon to know that story. Uh, and that's and fair, but they but changed like, his fucking name. Like, if it's a yeah, but that's, story that's about Hollywood, Gordon, though. fucking call him Gordon. Like, that's his goddamn name. I but like that's Hollywood though. Like, I I don't know. Like, I I I, I think it's I don't think it's like fair to say that that it's exploitative because the the point of the film is to point out like uh, contradictions in a lot of ways. I I think. In particular, like, I mean, we mentioned this off mic, the kind of, like, really conflicted and, and complicated nature of the Civil War and, and like, the the Union stance and everything. Like, it's not strictly humanitarian, but I also thought there was a really great moment where, like, so it opens and you've got Will Smith, like, washing her feet, like, you know, talking about God and the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he's taken away... Uh, when he gets to to the uh, the railroad like camp with all the Confederates, uh, they're continually quoting the Bible, but they're using it to justify the continued bondage and like slavery. Uh, and and I think that like that juxtaposition is actually really smart, where there's like both sides are using the same text to justify or like actualize their own existence, but they're used in totally different ways. And, and, like, obviously, like, in hindsight for us, like, it's really easy to say, like, well, the slaves or the enslaved people were right. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's, like, a really interesting kind of point for a movie like that to make that that there was a religious justification on the other side as well. 
Like that, but, that's more that's more nuanced than some of these movies are willing to like kind of indulge. I feel like I've seen that in other films. Like Twelve Years a Slave, I'm pretty sure has a similar thing, and I would argue it's more eloquently executed. I don't um, think it's fair to compare this to Twelve Years a Slave, though. But why? Like they're both about the trials of slavery and they're both trying to win oscars well i mean what's what's different about this one and what i think is is really interesting is that it takes place in a really interesting period in american history where slavery was abolished and there wasn't a clear everyone was able to go free and was okay slavery was abolished in the u.s but in the confederate states obviously they had to be liberated first which yeah, gotcha. Is is interesting, but I don't know. But I know. mean, that that's he would point out by Will Smith, like there were moments, and I don't know if they were like comedic bits, but it was like he was bewildered by like, so why am I not free? And you're like, yeah, this doesn't make. I, any I don't think sense. that's played for comedy, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know, but, but no, I, I don't, I don't mean it like or like irony, where it's just okay, like, yeah, no, like, it could this be is, ironic. I, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't, I don't mean like comedy, but it, it's like, does everyone? It was almost like, and and I think I'm judging it with um, Fuqua's like thinking of uh, some of the the previous work that he had done. Um, which was set in a much more modern era, but like he does have this really ironic lens or this kind of way to really dig at something. And I felt like it was just so interesting that he told a story set in this specific period with Will Smith, um, portraying a really interesting character. Like the movie is kind of, is he interesting? What do you know about him? Well, okay. He's besides he has a family. He's, he's religious. He's he's incredibly smart. Right, for someone who's not like, educated, like yeah, mm-hmm. he, he knows. Nobody knows about like oh, thank God the bullet went through. Exactly. Or, like, with the the smoke and the bees, like he's a that and, part's one so of the, fucking cool. And the other thing was the like rubbing mud on it. Like, well, actually, my favorite scene in the movie is he's rubbing mud on himself to stave off the dogs. And mm-hmm. the other doing, guy is like, "You're fucking shit. crazy." Yeah. Oh, it was just like he he was so the movie is a survival movie yeah. like it's kind of this he, yeah he fights an alligator weird, and wins yeah which is wild i mean that's kind of the thing that that was disappointing ultimately about the movie is it struggles with this identity where um during that shovel scene i was like let's fucking go like this is gonna turn into kind of this more like outrageous yeah like a black exploitation movie yeah i was really... hoping more for some revenge like let's wreck the shit out of some white slaveholders because that's oh, yeah that's it's, how that yeah. scene made me feel and then uh, obviously i can't judge a movie on what i want it to be versus what it is but uh it just that scene feels so out of place from the rest where it's like a slow stealth video game basically See, but I don't. Yeah. I don't think, like saying, like you wanted a revenge thing. This isn't a movie about revenge. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm trying to judge it on what it is, but that scene gave me hopes for a different movie that I thought was coming up, and then I had to adjust my expectations because it feels so out of place from everything that comes after it. 
I don't think it feels out of place. It's just, it's very, like, this is just a super sober film. Like, there has to be a way for him to get away so that they can, like, kind of do the whole chase thing. Uh, so, like, that's just, it happens early. And I'm fine with that because we don't need to dwell on it. Like, I think in a lot of ways, this movie kind of uh, highlights, for obvious reasons, but uh, the, the cruelty uh, of slavery, of course. Like, and that's, I get it. That's the point. Like, I'm not trying to say that that isn't, like, something that should be portrayed. But I think a lot of times, uh, like, films indulge in that uh, almost, like, kind of shamelessly. Like, just kind of, like, like for, like, almost a gore effect or some kind of, like, a cringe factor. Like, something about it. Like, they really want to, like... Mm-hmm. It, it's, like, a really crass way to get a reaction, is what I'm saying. And and that's why I don't think it's fair to compare it to a film like 12 Years a Slave, which, in my opinion, is a far more kind of... Um, elevated film and yes yes i'm fart sniffing here but like steve mcqueen is not not fuqua like they're like fuqua made a movie yeah one of them makes good movies and the other is steve mcqueen fuqua makes movies where where gerard (laughs) butler uh stabs north koreans in the neck with like a k-bar yeah it rules and steve mcqueen makes movies that are uh, essentially, like art films from like a college student that got a bunch of money to make larger films, and like, yeah, yeah, you're not gonna like them, but for better no, I actually like, really like like three of his movies. I just like being a smartass even more. Oh, that's fair. I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I've seen like I haven't seen a bad movie of his either. But again, like his, his style was so wildly shame. different. I, I like Shame. I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, dude. Uh, movie about how michael fassbender can't stop jacking off That's real compelling stuff what it's about god damn it <laughs> i mean it's I, for everyone i i love the scene where it's just him going for a jog for like seven blocks <sighs> and it's just the camera following him and we're like yeah this is great filmmaking it's super super compelling oh, yeah. i feel like you're but just yeah. trying to get a rise out of me now and i'm not gonna give it to you not tonight <laughs> <laughs> you're learning <laughs> I know, right? I know. But my point in bringing him up is just to say that, like, there is a different kind of, like, uh, style here where Fuqua, again, like, there is a schlocky aspect. And we do get some of those scenes, uh, like the, the the crucifix scene, of course. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's very Fuqua, the, the fight with the alligator. Um and and in a way to the the ending um like storming through the killing fields and stuff like capturing the cannon like that's definitely that feels like one of his more kind of raw raw like i was getting like tears of the sun kind of a bit from that um and and like other movies like it's he, there's a lot less schlock and a bit more the birth of the kind nation. of like historical drama Some yeah exactly griffith well, okay, I didn't. I mean, I, I'm being no, but I mean, I'm totally being being real. Like, it, it, some of those like tracking shots reminded me of like some scenes of Birth that's of the Nation. fair. There were some incredible uh, shots, in like the where they were like following through, like going like all the way through all the buildings and stuff. Like there was and, some, like obscured through smoke and stuff yeah. to cover up the special effects to cover up how dog shit the movie looked. I mean, I I feel like there's a couple of issues that I had with it. Uh, one of them was that like similar to the story it the tone was so strange where it didn't know what it wanted to be and it clearly like or at least it felt to me like it was a weird wrestling match between the producers the writer and just kind of it didn't feel like a cohesive vision in well, place. It, it knew it wanted to be um, oscar bait and that much was apparent 
But I mean, mm-hmm. that that's kind of where it was an obnoxious that there were all of these little milestones that they needed to hit these beats that were like things that you had seen in so many other movies preceding it. Um, it's very it, it was just while we were like, while we're sitting and watching it, it, it's just like, you can't help but going like what makes 12 years a slave, a great movie is that it's, 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 it's contextualizing some, I don't know, like, it says something more to what needs to be said, or there's like this personal touch to it that makes it like, okay, I, I understand and appreciate why this movie was made with emancipation. There's not like this, like it doesn't add anything new that it's like this strange, like lukewarm movie. That's clearly trying to be more than it is. And it's trying to use all of these beats from all these movies, including like things that were used in like Schindler's list to like demonstrate how evil and Ben Foster as just an archetype, the arch villain. It just like, there's all these weird, this weird emptiness where it's just trying to push Will Smith towards this towards the Oscar and not in a way that, well, yeah, yeah, that feels like it's all it is. And he is great in the movie as someone who's not a huge fan of his. I think he does. It's oh, really yeah. good. Probably his best performance I've ever seen. Like not gonna lie. For real, for real. That's how I feel too. And Spoilers. I'm not super sold on him as an actor. Uh, there's some stuff I've enjoyed him in, and others I haven't. Baco, are you saying you're sold on him as a rapper? <laughs> I think he's oh a yeah, fighter. dude. Welcome to Miami, um, <laughs> dude. He, when that happened, I was just like, dude, you played fucking Muhammad Ali. And you've got oh, the yeah. worst fucking technique in that slap. Well, he, uh, he stings like a butterfly. Uh, yeah, and floats like a bee. Yeah. Uh, I remember my neighbor, I, I remember it was like like nice outside and my windows were open in my bedroom and uh, my neighbor outside was like yelling like I thought it was like 9-11. Like the guy was like freaking out about something and then I was like here listening in and he was like, within Smith just slapped Chris Rock because he was watching it live, and I'll always remember that. <laughs> that so I was like, "That's the weirdest." I thought like something really significant happened, but he was he was excitedly telling his wife. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> like holy that, shit. That's like what okay. Janet Jackson's uh, breast Boom popped out. Fell out. Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 I, oh, was I was disturbed. I'm still. I can't see a boob. X in the theater, and then I had to go like poop during the movie, and so I looked at Twitter while I was pooping. <laughs> And everybody was like, Will Smith just slapped Chris Rock. And I was like, there's no way that's real. And it was. <laughs> Fake uh, news. Yep. Uh, I want to bring up one other thing that really frustrated me as someone who's a fan of history. And I actually reached out to the screenwriter of this movie, asked him the question on Twitter, and he never got back to me. Surprise. But it really bothers me that Will Smith's family is Haitian and the Haitians threw off the yoke of their oppressors like 60 years prior to this movie. So how the fuck did he end up a slave? Did he get kidnapped? Did he decide I'm going to go to the country where there's still a bunch of slavery and try to like do my thing? Like it just really, it's that Note that I think they were like, oh, we'll give Smith an accent so he'll, you know, 
be even more compelling for an award that they didn't think through why they did it and it really frustrated me okay so i'm not gonna say that that isn't a plot hole because that's a very likely possibility but i'm also going to say that the haitian political situation is not as cut and dry as you likely think it is i mean i'm not saying that they were still like uh like selling slaves per se you know what i mean but that doesn't mean that like like even though haiti had had a revolution that doesn't mean that there were no people selling slaves and it's i'm not i'm not saying that's what happened mm-hmm. but i am saying that in many places where it was abolished if there was still slavery it still happened they, like they could just sell them elsewhere so it's but, not possible to think that that's a, that that could have happened i mean haiti's whole thing was it was a slave revolt revolution so they were such hard asses about it that like correct but but they're also included in the revolution was a lot of uh black landowners who owned slaves like yeah, there's you know still a slave trade regardless of exactly what a, a revolution that's happening. So like, yeah. there was a like a, a landed uh, uh, aristocracy, and some of them were in fact black. Like that's not that's but, not like. But the whole point was the abolition of slavery. Like right, no, of course, of, of course. But I'm it saying was like one of the major points. Slavery was abolished in Britain in like 1830, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it went on for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying. It's just frustrating to me because I wanted to know more about his past. I wanted to know more about him as a person. And we just get this snapshot of like two weeks of his life. And with that, it just felt like, let's give Will Smith an accent versus like, and it feels kind of condescending because like, from what I know about Gordon, like the person that's based on Gordon was like someone who grew up in slavery in America. Right. Like, and he would have had an American accent. Uh, so it's frustrating that they change it just to make it seem like more of a transformative performance, you know? And, yes. And o- Occam's razor would, would probably like, land on your side let's just put it that way right like mm-hmm. this is probably uh like someone yeah the, the the script being written in a way that like most benefits will smith but, but there's but also kinda... like other stuff too where like he, he wakes up and they're like oh like i can't believe you survived your leg was so infected but like back then like the like uh, uh civil war doctors thought that like pus was a good thing like the uh, you know mm. what I mean? Like they're kind of there's they're stretching a lot of credulity here because but it's like I get a that, but historical. But my thing is just like I don't know it. It just frustrates me. But but I think that's the point of it too. Is like it is frustrating. Like these people don't even know their unreliable history is part of the power that is the oppressive of them is it is but they like, know yeah, their know. own past like he doesn't it, no, but know I mean, his it's family's also... past but he knows from like when he was like 20 on you know and 
I don't know. I think it's kind of a moot point because... But but it's also just like it's starting the story at a certain point where it's it's also, I think, also representative of the, like, area. I think it's it, the Haitian... And I, I can't speak to anything, don't know shit, but the, like, subtitles were saying uh, that some of the language was Haitian Creole. And if it was taking place in that region and, like, the Louisiana Reserve but it wasn't by and stuff, that, that is... Um, like there is a significant uh, Creole population in that area that it was probably also an interesting story to but tell that's, because you don't necessarily that's different see that Creole. ethnicity. That's not Haitian Creole. That's Louisiana Louisianan Creole. Well, like, no, but like, where do you think the Creole comes from? Like, it's it's a it's like some the French and the Haitian. It, they're it's, they're both. Well, it's more like the bastardization of the French, like locally, like. I don't doubt that there was interchange between Louisiana and Haiti, but I feel like most of the interchange was between Louisiana and like Alabama and other areas in the region, which is why they're fairly separate. But that's also like, think about it this way. The slave trade had been going on for like 250 years uh, versus like, the 200 years of evolution between the two languages now. Uh, so I just, I feel but, like... But, they... but a Creole is just a Creole. It's it's exactly that. Like, it doesn't, like, there there, there could, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, like, I, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't get too but, bogged like, down I'm in saying history. Haitian Creole is going to be a lot more influenced by, like, Spanish because they share the island with the Dominican Republic versus Louisiana and no. Creole. No, it, Haiti was a French colony. Yes, but they're half of an island. And but they're the Dom- a French colony. So like they like in Haiti, they still speak French like today. I understand that. But do you understand who's on the other side of the island? And I'm telling you that they speak French in I, Haiti today. They speak French. <laughs> But I'm saying a Creole is not French. Sit down, a Creole Paco. is a evolution of the language. You know, it's like the, the, a Spanglish. Exactly. And, but the Creole could be English and French. But I'm saying the people speaking the Creole are going to be interacting primarily with people speaking Spanish if they're not speaking French. Versus as in Louisiana, people are going to be speaking to people who are primarily speaking English if they're not speaking French. You understand? But but if there's enough Haitians there, then you have a Haitian Creole. There's not just one Creole. <sighs> yes, but I'm saying the vast majority of French slaves would not be Haitian in this era. They would be West African. They would be from you know Actually, generations the, the- of North America. I was going to say the the vast majority of them were like bred in North America. Exactly. So they're, they're they're American. So, they would have an American Creole, not a Haitian Creole. Right, but like, why are we quibbling about the history of a movie? There's because not you fucking started it. <laughs> like, no, no, but 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 going 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 from that though, that's what's kind of fascinating about the idea of the photograph. Like, one of the producers uh, brought it to the premiere in his pocket, like the actual <laughs> photograph yeah. of Gordon, and thinking that it was a good idea to be some 
pet piece or something. Yeah. It, it just was so off-putting. Kind of makes me uncomfortable. It probably was... should have been the white producer that did that. I'm just going to put yeah. it that. Are you been the white me? Writer, okay. The sole Wait. white writer. That's yeah, not great. Gordon like, would have really what, loved Was it like the movie. actual historical picture and not like a reproduction? It was in like a uh, trading card case. You know those hard cases? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So those are like, for like graded was... trading cards that are worth actual money. That makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Well, um, you know, you know, no, but whatever. But I mean, that's kind of the 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 great part about that scene uh, is like they're asking him to be vulnerable to show his back, where we haven't seen the damage that was done. We see it through the healing that was done after those experiences that occurred and what is there after the scar tissue and the fact that they with their stopwatch were taking the picture and knew how significant it was without asking him anything about himself uh and the idea that like we don't need to know all of those atrocities to know who he is as a character like it, i don't know I don't because know. it felt to me like he was being objectified in that moment and i think it oh, like yeah. especially is reinforced by the fact that he's like don't touch me like there's yeah and, and and there is this politeness but i also think and that scene that scene kind of draws attention to it like the kind of white liberal preoccupation with like the humanitarian aspects of slavery where uh it it becomes the unions a that are the good guys yeah, too. yeah, yeah. oh the unions it, like oh they're saved and that exactly. was the others like that, well, for one, it was like, okay, cool, the movie's over, Ben Foster is dead. And then it goes on for fucking 30 more minutes with, like, this other act where that was kind of the new bottom two, where it was like, okay, I thought that, you know, slave, like, I wouldn't be enslaved anymore, that was bullshit. I escaped to the north be- to find the Union troops. Lincoln's army is like the ideal, and we're gonna. I'm gonna be free. No, I either go fucking serve in the army, which is in a serv- servitude of a different kind, employed by the. Sa- it, it just like th- that. That was so like crushing too. That and it also made the last thirty minutes fucking. I, I don't know. But I I do appreciate that. Like okay, so like we were talking about this movie is very derivative. It feels like all the beats and all of the kind of like depictions are very much kind of riffing on other films that like it's not required like to have seen them. But like Predator you, probably encountered them right. Predator sure. Um, <clears throat> but to me, it's like there's like a huge portion of this movie that is like, yeah, hey, are you a white liberal? Do you feel bad about slavery? Well, we're gonna remind you again and like fine there's tons of movies like that it's no problem but i do appreciate that later on it's kind of like oh look like there are limits to this kind of cosmopolitan humanitarianism where uh the rhetoric encounters the reality and i think that that's a really important point in the film that is the like sole kind of subversive aspect like and it's in in paco i think you said this it's not unique that's fair but I do think that, like, the gut punch where where they're like, oh, like, you're technically property. And it's like that it, it like and in that moment you realize like, OK, right. This isn't just like a, a, a like survival. I'm like free kind of narrative. This is like a no. Here are literally the limits of the, the North's kind of uh, tolerance for African-Americans. 
And like he's going like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And you as the audience are going, yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> like this, this doesn't make sense. But like, but like as like a liberal, like people should be, you know what I mean? Like it's pointing out like the limits of the cosmopolitan kind of like view of humanitarianism where it's like, look, like it's easy to say this is bad, but, but like here is an example of literally where these people were quote unquote fighting for them. And we're still essentially using them. Like they put them in like oh, a suicide the first charge. regiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, no, like, which continued mm-hmm. for a very long time in uh, U.S. military yes. history. Yes, if I'm which mistaken, but... Evan could not join us, but I know one of the notes he wanted us to make is that this movie basically does what South Park the movie did thirty years ago, <laughs> where they put thirty the years black ago, soul... twenty five years ago. Fuck. Holy shit, that movie's yeah, so dude. old. Okay, that's it's from weird. like '97, right? Or... I I remember I rented that on pay per view at one point. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Damn, that's but that's wild. <laughs> but they fucking it might be '99. Either way, it's been a long it's, time. It's been a long time. <laughs> and they put all the black soldiers in front and have all the white soldiers hide behind them as the black soldiers do the suicide charge. And I don't know. If Evan had anything more than this movie was referencing South Park from the text he gave us, I don't know that it's Evan, referencing you South can Park, cut but in it's very your cheekily, explanation here. It's very cheekily lampshading uh, the kind of like again the cosmopolitanism. Like there, there is an absolute limit here where where there like humanitarianism is well and good, but again, like the reality of the situation is that like. In the course of the war, because of this kind of in-between period that you brought up, Jason, that, like, technically, this was stolen property. And, like, so even though you had come to the place where slaves were free, you were still being objectified. That there is no escape from this. Like, even and this is, like, a sort of the political economy of, of like, emancipation, which is, a again, it's, like, it's much more nuanced. Like, there's something to chew on there where you kind of have to, like, sit with it. And, well, I, it's, and I it's hope also, that it should like talk like kind of jog people's memory for like today. Like, hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's still problems. Yeah, still definitely problems. Uh, oh, give one example. <laughs> um, you know, I can't think of one. I guess everything's fixed. I think um, Evan from his notes wrote something that was pretty big. Um, and this was, pr- I mean, this was actually a really good call. I th- I think Ben Foster is putting on a Tom Petty affectation. I, you know, I was getting that same vibe. He definitely. Um, what does that even mean? Interesting. I, I could see that. Uh, He's learning see. to fly, but he don't have wings or. Yeah. He's looking for an American um, girl or. Because he won't back down? Like... <laughs> he doesn't want to live like a refugee, Paco. <laughs> yeah. Um, is he going to go to one last dance with Mary Jane? Yeah, if he, he does, he'll be free fall. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, actually... okay. I said it wrong because I said learning to fly, but he ain't got wings. But I think that song's called Free Fallen. No. No, there's a, a song called song. There's a lot of songs about flying. Free Fallen is just another um, song. Uh, regardless, though, I do I do have to say I I did enjoy uh, Ben Foster in this, if only because you need like a stoic antagonist. Like I think it's like you, a bit anticlimactic the way that it ends up. <laughs> but I I 
I think it's like often you have this like kind of just like ruthless like uh, you know slave catcher, but there is the moment where he kind of describes like his education on on um, like the 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 place of African Americans, if you will, mm-hmm. and it doesn't like he's not sympathetic. But again, there is like a little bit more nuance. Like he isn't but just evil sadism. for evil's he sake. He knows. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I felt like that he was got, fucked. He got warped by his upbringing because as a kid, you know, he hadn't had the racism taught to him, and you know, he was looking at this as more of an equal before his dad fucked him up. You know. <laughs> No, exactly right. This is like this is a cultural kind of like thing. The distillation of of hatred isn't necessarily inherent. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not to make him sympathetic, but just to point out again that there's this is not as black and white. Despite well, it's a the uh, muted color palette of the movie, as it, as, I mean, it, as it appears, it, it, there's a system in place, and and this is especially true for um, black people and how they're objectified without having to do anything just that just them being black changes um the way that they go to the store to get groceries it changes interactions it's also uh um oh did i uh all good did you lose me you were saying something just continue your thought and we'll figure it out oh shit hold on evan uh Cut out something because I can't remember where I was going with that. Uh, uh, you ended oh. the, when you came back in. You were talking about going to the store. So yeah. like, it's the idea that there's the scene where one of those assholes is commenting on Will Smith's daughter and is saying, "Oh, she's getting bigger now." And I had the same. It, it gave me the same kind of. No, it's not the same thing, but it, it's like it's similar to Ben Foster's story and how this type of systemic approach to how we treat children and how we objectify children and lead children make huge, have huge ramifications. And, and mm-hmm. it's like, I felt like those were disturbing on, on different levels too. And, and kind of what was preoccupied with like how some of so much of the movie felt contemporary, like someone from the city making a movie set, in a period like a period movie you know like it just felt like um i i don't know sorry i lost my train of thought but uh i think i give what you're throwing down yeah i think i i sound awful so i just want to throw it out there that i'm 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 the worst um she's a good girl she loves her mama you know loves jesus in america uh, too yeah but uh I guess like in, in uh, I, we haven't really talked about this uh, either, but like the, the director of photography is Robert uh, Richardson, who's a notable photo, uh, uh, you know, DP for Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was a cinematographer for Casino, which I think is beautiful. Like a really, really standout movie. And, and has worked with Tarantino for the Kill Bill movies. So like he's, he shot some great movies. Like he's done some great work and some great collaborations, but this movie felt so muddy and unfinished. And I I couldn't tell if it was like my internet reception or my like Apple plus sucked or my TV needed adjusting, but it it felt like muddy in a way that wasn't intentional. Like it, it felt like the color gray scale was just offset enough that it didn't, 
it just wasn't pleasing to look at. It, I, I don't know. It was... I, I don't know. Did you it, have the same kind of... I really did not like the visuals of the movie. And I'm someone who loves Robbie Richardson. Like, fucking... He shot Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He shot uh, yeah. Terry's oh, favorite yeah. movie, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh Fuck yeah. Yeah, he, he shot yeah. fucking most of marty and tarantino's recent movies uh and even some of the movies i feel are lesser like hugo he does some really interesting things with 3d cinematography there and he does incredible work on like fucking bringing out the dead like i could just go on and on about what an incredible cinematographer he is but i feel like the choice to shoot this in like it's not quite the Sin City color palette. It's like, so washed out, dude. And well, it desaturates it's, everything. It's desaturated, but then there's like bits of color, you know. So it feels like they shot it for this post-production process. And to do that, I think you just have to light and open the camera up in different ways that are just inherently less compelling. Because... You can't shoot with the stark contrast of black and white uh, in the same way with the uh, color that you're trying to include or like not desaturate because there are those moments, you know, where there's like flowers in color or other random shit, Uh, which is part of why I said it was like a Spielberg ripoff because it feels like he's trying to do the Schindler's List thing. Where it's primarily black and white, but then there's the girl in the red dress and shit like that. Um, but but it's but it's not like done in the stark way. Like I think even like no, the, it just like looks the purple rose of Cairo or yeah. Pleasantville. Like but but it's not like there's a significance. Like in Schindler's List, it's like the color red represents something, and during the scenes that they appear, like there's something significant. Mm-hmm. It's like the image is so desaturated that it's like okay, maybe there's hues of like a green here and some blue there and this is just steel like chroma scale like the book of eli looking shit it's not like the color pops out it's so like muddy looking that the image doesn't even look clear like it looks like even like the i I don't know there's just something off like and it's also it it doesn't i think it kind of fits the movie back to like the whole like muddy intensity of it and it's kind of grungy but I don't know. It's there are ways to shoot lo-fi well, and there are ways that are just kind of gross. Uh, in in terms of like unsettling on a like visual level, and I feel like this is more just like on. Un- I'm sure there's intention to it, but. It doesn't work for me and it feels really poorly thought out in a strange way that I don't think of when I think of Robbie Richardson. Like, I think this is maybe the weakest movie he shot. And a lot of that is not on him. You know, that's on what Fuqua wanted and trying to to work with that. Like, cause that kind of looked like dog shit. Terry, you mentioned it earlier. Like that was kind of some of the vibes too that I was getting where it was like, there was some post-production process 
and the way that it's shot where it's almost which was also set in the jungle uh or, or rather it was like set in like outdoor spaces and it didn't look good like it was like not i don't know it just wasn't like pandora guys you know i mean pandora though like when you see it in 3d yeah right like it's the spectacle is so much there but like the the swamp is as much an antagonist as anyone in this movie and but i feel like the color palette is swamp (laughs) like it's just it's so it's so awful it's uninteresting it's uh, like it's unsettling and it's also like i just like I would like I would answer a text message while watching the film and I would look up and feel like I'd lost nothing because it's so it's so slowly paced and also everything looks exactly the same. It's just like you know you like you've seen this movie a dozen times like in different pieces like you know how it's going to end like I mean like I I think that there are moments that are interesting but I don't think it's a good movie. <laughs> For a lot of reasons, right? It's not just the 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 aspects of the film that are kind of fictionalizing a real person it's not just the ahistorical uh nature you know it's not just the photography like there's a lot of reasons to not like this movie unfortunately i just got back from grabbing a beer you guys both look <laughs> like you mentioned me and are waiting for me to say no, something no we're just no, reflecting I was about on the to fact say, this like movie isn't very good i i thought yeah. that you took a potty break and i was gonna say paco randomly is holding these cue cards and he said something like i disagree uh <laughs> yeah. something about love rebels forever or something <laughs> uh yeah, I, I agree, Terry. Well, I mean, do you have anything else to go over? Or do you guys want to save face? Sure. I feel like we're all going to be tied on this one, right? I mean, probably. Three, like, two, one. Will Smith. Will Smith, yeah. Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> no, nice it was going to be Stephen. I know, right? You're it was going like to be Stephen Ogg. Well, no, because yeah. we, we this like briefly came up earlier. Like, truly, like Will Smith. Like, I can't. It's going to re- sound like we're being uh, Dingleberries, but yeah, like, yeah, for real, this is like the truth. It, the no, truth. it is. Well, and I have a hard time taking him seriously as an actor. But for better or worse, like he he is a decent dramatic actor. Like I can't deny that. But but in this movie, he makes that look good. <laughs> right no i kind of like the campy aspects of like men in black but regardless in this movie this is a dramatic role that i think he does really well in for a number of reasons like like the stoicism of his character like the, there's this brilliant moment when they're like in the like sl- the slave pen and and he's like where is your god and there's like just this like tear falls down his face there's no dialogue he doesn't say anything he does his face doesn't even change but like it it is it is really kind of like arresting like i re- like it struck me and i don't remember ever seeing will smith in a role where i was like damn like where where i remembered that so clearly in a way that that like for like a dramatic role where he wasn't doing some like comedic stuff you know what i mean like this isn't hitch this is like this is oscar bait <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's not just oscar bait though it's legitimately the first time I've considered him as an actor and not a movie star since Ali, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just kind of frustrating to see that he is able to create these internal 
characters and, you know, find this inner life and not just play his, like, persona the way Tom Cruise or The Rock does. Right. But really fall into a character. And then it's so frustrating that he so rarely does it. I See, I haven't seen Ali, but I, I have heard that too. Oh, man. I know, he's right? He's great in that. I know. Well, but that's the thing. Like, why does he keep... <laughs> I heard he's great in King Richard movies. too, but I just don't care about tennis. Yeah, so I don't care about I could be... Either. Well, also, that. maybe this is like, I haven't seen the movie, so like, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but it seems like, uh, it seems condescending to make a movie about the, like the greatest, uh, female tennis player of all time. Yeah. Uh, that's about her father. <laughs> like, and, yeah, and not, well, and not that sequel. her sister isn't also very good. Don't get There's me wrong. There's going to be a sequel, man. It's just like, if you were going to make a movie about, like, Babe Ruth, it wouldn't be uh, titled uh, Babe Ruth's Dad. <laughs> It'd be called, like, Ruth or something. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels, it feels condescending. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't do it. I mean, he was part of the whole narrative when the Williams sisters came out on the scene. Kind of like Michael Jordan's dad or Tiger Woods' dad when they popped. Sure, but, but like, or like Joe Jackson, but like now in hindsight, we're like, Joe Jackson was an awful person. Like, I don't know that they have to be part of the narrative. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it's a more interesting story to make it the dad versus the person doing the like, yeah, physical hard work, you know? Right. Well, I uh, I also thought Will Smith's performance was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I thank like you for getting us back was, on track. Moving um, on. <laughs> what, was, what was so what was so great about it was I couldn't remember the last time I saw him in a movie where he was like really quiet. And, and Terry, you, you mentioned like the part where he's, he's crying without emoting. Like yeah. there's this soft tension in his like jaw and the way that like he interacts with characters, the way he communicates his body language, the way like it didn't, he, you, you like, or at least like I uh, had a suspension of, what disbelief with like he kind of turned into this character um where i kind of would forget that he's will smith um because right. it's so quiet and it's super emotive and it's like well and he doesn't even sound like will smith. Mm-hmm. and without any dialogue and and one of um another that's what's so frustrating about this movie too is like there are these small moments of like Oh, I love this so much, and like I genuinely was moved at at his performance. But it, it's it's such a shame that it's in this like disjointed, strange movie. But the the moment where he he's uh, on the run and he encounters the dying child, Oof. and he's like mumbling to her uh, like "God loves you," and he's do- it's like this really intense moment that was so heartbreaking um and the moment that followed uh you know that one it's just like it was so heart-wrenching and from a place where it wasn't it didn't feel like oscar bait to me that like he really uh, there's a great interview in uh like uh i think it was on like bet.com and he was going uh, he was talking about how like he's avoided these types of movies his entire career and so i was kind of interested to see why he would have chosen a project like this. And yeah. I think he was, maybe he was a producer too, or maybe I'm, I'm making that up, but I'm pretty sure like, he was. Yeah. He, he really brings an element that 
elevates the movie more like I would probably call it more of a character piece because like if I were to revisit it or recommend it, it would be based solely on Will Smith's performance, less so than any other and and an alligator. But I mean, that's part of Will Smith. But he, like it just like he really bring like brought it. And that's what sucked that the script couldn't meet him to where he was at. And that, you know, as much as I, I really respect Fuqua uh, and will never <laughs> be half as talented as him or successful or anything, it just was a shame that like, holy shit, like two of huge, awesome actors together uh, or actor and a director like that could be such an exciting collaboration. And it just was like disappointing. But maybe that's just my, my own expectations were dog shit. I did I mean, myself. You know, you, you get one of the greats like Marky Mark and you put him with Fuqua and it's just, you know, yeah. you know, oh, shooter. Fucking, I'm a shooter, shooter rules. Uh, <laughs> And uh, tell your mother I'm a shooter. I feel like we should do a quick Fuqua update and mention that his Infinite next film is amazing. Oh, now, you should go see it. it. We have a great hang episode on, on that. Hang oh, on, no, sorry. hang on. <laughs> the next movie he's working on, Equalizer Three, uh, yeah. had a huge cocaine bust in <laughs> Italy a couple months ago. A bunch of the crew got busted, which. Uh, Leads me to believe it's going to be his best movie yet because it's going to hopefully be high octane in <laughs> Rome and have Denzel fucking motherfuckers up. Like, what Everyone more do you is want? It's just blasting lines in film and hardcore action sequences. Yeah, it's fair. I it's all out name. of focus. <laughs> yeah. well, it didn't mention just... or the like cinematographer doing shit. I think it's just oh. more, it's around. And hey, that energy hands, infects the set, you know? Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. also a not insignificant amount of cocaine. It was like a considerable amount. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it like several pounds? I don't know if it was several pounds, but it was like, yeah, I think it was like kilo plus. It was like a fair amount of cocaine. <laughs> dude, that's so much money. It's a lot uh, of money. It's a dude. Lot of money. But gosh, I'm, I'm happy to see it in a theater. I, I feel like it's been kind of, I know this had a limited release, I, th- I think. like like a, Yeah, super limited maybe mm-hmm. in like LA and New York. And it's like, I feel like it's been kind of a disappointment with, I, I did, we did like in the guilty, and I, you know, I think I can speak for the Royal. We, even if there is a, dis, any dissension of their wrong, cause the guilty is great. Um, among our, our, our team, but, uh, our family, but, uh, I feel like infinite was awful. That would you, would you rather watch this or infinite? Uh, infinite. Hard question. You'd want no to infinite over this? Yeah. I'm kind of torn. Like, I don't know. Chiwetel Ejiofor is really good in Infinite, but Marky Mark is, like, as bad as he is good. Now, so... he's even worse than Chiwetel is. But... No, Chiwetel rules in that movie. Like, That's he's what the I'm only saying. good part of that movie. You're I just saying Chiwetel is fun. as good as Marky Mark is bad. And oh, I'm you're saying, saying he's Chiwetel worse. is very oh. good, but Marky Mark unbalances it oh dude he he waterboards himself with fucking gasoline gasoline fuck <laughs> i forgot dude i totally forgot about that holy oh, I'll shit i'll never forget 
I'll never forget. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I'd honestly probably I would yeah. I would probably if somebody was like I want to watch a new slave movie for some reason I'd be like okay fine let's watch Emancipation but I can't under I I can't think of a situation where I would recommend Infinite to anybody. I think if you put a gun to my head and were like you have to watch one of these two movies again, I'd go Infinite because at least there's like stunts and stuff. Like, I just, I don't want to go through Emancipation again. I mean, it's not a good vibes movie. Like, it didn't make Yeah, it's just too much of a fucking <laughs> bummer. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, man. They didn't kill enough white people, Jason. I, that's kind of the thing that, I feel like we've been spoiled, though, on some Tarantino revisionist shit, where it's like, and James Cameron, um... Yeah, I to wave water uh, <laughs> forever. Uh, but it, it's just like I was anticipating like the Ben Foster fight was going to fulfill something. And then the movie kept going on and there wasn't like. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I just I wish that it had been that more pop. God, you can't make a popcorn movie about slavery. I, I, but yeah. you can. No, but like I, I I'm just like. It, 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 why include any of that weird shit like an alligator fight if you're not gonna <laughs> lean into that now it's just a random thing where it's like did the cocaine shit start on this movie and then <laughs> yeah. fucking went into Equalizer 3 cause that's some coke shit where you're like hey what if fucking there's alligators or if it's cocaine they're like hey man there's alligators and then we're yeah. gonna go and he's gonna fight one yeah, like, it just was like so random. Why? Why do it either? Like, pick a tone, stay in a lane. Yeah. All right. Well, well yeah. Join us next time uh, after the holiday break when we will be talking about Independence, Independence Day. Day. <laughs> will Smith again? Oh fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> We're All gonna right. be getting jiggy with it for a couple of weeks with you us all right later you've been listening to the vulgar auteurs podcast with paco terry evan and me jason vulgar auteurs is produced engineered and mixed by evan art design is by matthew roland ferris who you can find on instagram at pesto pasta 44 all vulgar music is by evan and the best way to support the show is to tell your friends and follow us on twitter at auteurs vulgar and instagram at vulgar auteurs podcast Feel free to email us at vulgarauteurs at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Parents just don't understand.